0: shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. History.
1: And I believe that that's really why you're here Christ died for us History Makers Hi and welcome to History Makers, I'm Matt Prater Today we're speaking with Ken Green Who works in Christian Radio at 96.5 in Brisbane And he's uh, been in all sorts of places All around the world It's great to have him with us here today. We're actually in the middle of Vietnam. We've been hanging out with a tour of Christian radio guys with CBM, seeing people get cataract surgery. It's been an amazing week. Uh, Mate, before we hear a bit of your story, tell us a bit about how amazing it's been to see all these cataract surgeries here in vietnam
0: they're just amazing my friend um i've been involved with cbn on and off for years and years and years and again a, another trip like this one seeing the poorest of the poor receive received this site um from from amazing people back home in australia just mm. blows me away every mm. single time mm.
1: so cool mate well let's find out a bit of your story where were you born and raised uh new zealand I was uh, born in Auckland, New Zealand. It's kind of the
0: big city there. What was your family life like? Did you have a religious upbringing? No, no, not at all. Uh, My family life was a bit rugged in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was domestic violence. Mm -hmm. My my dad uh, was, you know, right in the wrong there Mm -hmm. for many, many years. It was a bit of a nightmare as a little kid. Um, He got very sort of drunk and violent and things like this. And my poor mum would uh, sort of have to deal with all that stuff, and yeah, it was pretty hard. My friend, we'd always have family members come round in the middle of the night, try and stop all the the chaos and all this stuff. And sometimes you would, you know, you'd have to run out and escape because it would got too crazy. You know, sometimes you wake up and you're just a little kid and you you, you decide to be a human shield for your mother's face. Mm-hmm. It's not a good place to be when you're a little kid. My dad eventually left when I, I was seven, my older brother, who was 10 at the time. So we all sort of grew up doing that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And then mum took it from there, mum took the reins and she became a hero to me after that. Always will be just working so many jobs to keep us kids going and um, just amazing time. And mum herself wasn't a, uh, a Christian. Mum's, you know, back in those days was right into the, you know, the the new age. She was into tarot cards and star signs and all this stuff. It was quite common for us kids to go get our tarot cards read on our own mm-hmm. um, for us in that way. So, I, look, I believed in the spiritual world. Obviously, it was a bit sort of out there and ghosts and all that. But uh, it, it, it left me open to believe there must be more than mm-hmm. just just that. Mm-hmm. And I think it, it wasn't a religious Uh, introduction by any means, but I knew there was a real spiritual realm.
1: What about your teenage years? Uh, Did you have any faith at all during those years? Not at the beginning as much.
0: I uh, got into music at a young age. I could play the drums quite well. It uh, it just suddenly became a thing. So I got right into bands. So around about the age of 13 and 14, I was playing in pubs. Um, well, legally, wasn't allowed to be there, but I was playing drums and bands and things like this. And uh, so, my whole life really became about sort of doing that and doing music. And I so, it so becomes, yeah, like just stuff. around the Auckland area, just doing that. And so, you know, the the sex, drugs, and rock and roll industry really became part of what we were doing mm-hmm. uh, until I was around about the age of seventeen. Mm-hmm. And um, and then I had an encounter, uh, uh, an amazing encounter, and came to Lord. Yeah. What happened? It was January '88. And the lady was doing the tarot cards. This will happen to you, and you'll meet this person, and so on and so forth in January. And then she'd do February, and then she'd do March. And then she got to April, and her face just went blank. And I thought, oh, what's happened there? You know, she's kind of scary. She's telling you your future, and you don't want her to go blanket. And she's just like, and she said to me, and I remember this, she goes, "I I can't touch this. It's going to happen in April. And she just basically sort of, didn't leave it there, but sort of just weaseled out of telling me what was going on. I, I personally, in the back of my head, thought, am I going to die mm-hmm. in April? Uh, in April, I um, an ex-girlfriend of mine came around to the house, and she'd given her life to Christ, and she invited me to church, and uh, when I went to church, I blacked out completely passed out in church and started going crazy and i had a real experience a real spiritual experience i was shaking i was all over the place and and uh, the guy at the front told me i was meeting christ i was meeting the holy spirit and what uh, i'd been dealing with didn't really like being in there and i was all confused and uh, eventually gave my heart to jesus and it all went away and it it dawned on me that that april she couldn't touch it because she couldn't touch the power of christ and she could what she was doing. Yes, it was spiritual, but it couldn't compare to the authority of Christ. She wasn't going to start telling God what to do, mm. and so she didn't really have any power over. It. And it dawned on me that I'd found the ultimate power in the universe.
1: You know that is fascinating that uh, she didn't know what was happening in April. Uh, I had a chance to chat to a clairvoyant who became a Christian recently. I actually preached at a church, and she gave her heart to the Lord. But she said, she said, uh, I had the counterfeit. And now I have the real thing, wow. and she actually can prophesy now quite accurately because of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And it's fascinating, you know. That there's, that's, the, that's just the dodgy version; that's the devil's version, and and they couldn't match what was happening in April. So I'd just love to hear a bit more of, of this uh, church event that you went to, because you know I, I'm an evangelist. I love seeing people come to Christ. What, what was there a, a message that was preached, or like what kind of church was it? How, how did it happen? Uh, it was a uh, church at the time called
0: Auckland City Elam. It was 1988. And um, there was a pastor called David Peters, uh, who I didn't know at the time. And well, like I said, he preached a message and got up and s- he made a joke. It wasn't a very good one, to be honest. But everyone, you know, they always laugh at the pastor. Oh, you're so funny, pastor. Ha, ha, ha. Is that why they laugh? Just, yeah, oh. Yeah, yeah. You're not oh. Funny oh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sorry to break it, break it to you. Oh. <laughs> but he—he, he, uh, the last thing I remember him saying is, you're, you're laughing now at that joke, but I don't think you'll be laughing by the end of it. And I was gone. I couldn't tell you what yeah. he said. He preached. I couldn't really tell you, wow. th- to be honest with you. So.
1: And what changed in your life after that? Well, this was... Oh, it,
0: God revealed himself to me in a very powerful, powerful way after that. I woke up the next morning, because obviously it was Sunday. It was Monday morning. Time to go to work. And I'm lying there going, I... Guess I'm a Christian now. I don't know really what to do, and this was really strange to me. So I prayed by myself and just went, "Okay, God, I, I don't know this. I don't know what you have to do, and what I, you know, just show me what to do." I, I don't know if I'm ever going to, you know, what is the, you know, what's the steps I have to take. I got into my car and I started going for work, and that was my prayer. And I got in the car and I drove down the road. Now, years ago, when I was a little fester, yeah, little kid, I was graffiting on bus stops that same bus stop that i graffitied on freshly painted and i kid you not freshly painted because i pulled the car over was a big follow jesus i stopped the car i touched the paint it was green paint my second name's green i don't know what there's anything in that but anyway <laughs> and it just said follow jesus and that was like the biggest answer to prayer to me oh, yeah. that's all you have to do mm. just follow jesus mm. and and uh Basically, that's been my go. Just Let's just follow Christ. And sometimes, Mm. you know, you go to all sorts of places. You get it right sometimes. You mess Mm. it up. It's a daily
1: thing. Mm. It's the way it goes from there on in. Big stuff. And tell me about your career back then. What were you doing and what kind of jobs did you get into after that? Sure.
0: When I did that, I was 18 years old. And I was... I, I left school when I was 16 I just went from job to job to job I really couldn't find it Because ultimately I wanted to be a, a drummer in a band And my band was recording albums and things like that And I was still in the band when I gave my heart to Christ And I was still in there for a while and I, Because it was just a learning step Getting discipled and going on like this And so um, I, was, I think I was a food courier at that time Dropping around people's food and all this sort of stuff uh, So that was an amazing transition but really, you know, my heart was to do music and things like this. And eventually it came to the point where, I, you know, a few years down the line, I, the band that I was in, I was in there with my cousins. It was a big band in New Zealand that became very famous. But I had to leave it yeah. because I thought, well, there's too much compromise going on in what I'm trying to become. And, and if I want to be legit about it, I might have to make a few sacrifices. Okay. And, uh, So I I, I said to God, I love music. You know, you've given. I I believe you've given me the heart to form music at the time, but I'm going to lay it down for you. And and I left the band. It was a very hard thing to do, and it was a hard thing to do because I realised that was my identity. That's who I identified myself as. And to you're basically taking the first step to lose your identity. Um, And from there, uh, God really honoured that. Um, I met. I was some Christians we started playing Christian bands I thought that's cool and I started playing some Christian festivals and it was great and it was good you know and then the bands came back and it was great meantime the band that I was in uh before they got very famous in New Zealand they got number one hit who was it? Uh, the band called Push Push. I thought you were going to say Split Ends or something. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, they wouldn't have me. Uh, and so, you know, they got famous. So they got number one hit. I, I think they even played on Hey Hey It's Saturday over here. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, ooh. And I was kind of like, I was probably in the back of my head, to be honest, a bit bumming. Like, wow, they've really taken off. But I've, here I am just, that's cool. I'll just play in little Christian bands in New Zealand. Um, year after year after year did this. And then all of a sudden, um, the guitarist in my band, he was telling me about a guy called David Pierce who is in Amsterdam he's an American living in Amsterdam and he was coming to speak and preach at a music festival that we were playing at and he was really excited and he he was sort of saying I'd love to work with him and I met this guy David Pierce and he sat down and we were talking and um he had long hair like I did at the time I actually had hair then uh long hair and he's he's you know dressed like we were and he was an older older than I am sort of a guy and he had a real heart to say um let's it's great that you want to be a christian musician but let's use this as an evangelistic tool and that was really my heart to see all my friends one for christ and uh, he wasn't about playing in churches it was about or christian festivals it was about let's go be in the world don't be of the world let's but i think as christians a lot of people think man i'm not going to be of the world but they Don't balance it out with being in the world. And that was the whole go. So uh, long story short, he said you should come over and uh, play drums in the band. And so my wife and the, I got married eventually obviously yeah, yeah. to my beautiful wife Lindley. We met at church when I was 18. We got married when I was 22. that was 92 we got married. And so just after we got married, Lindley and I uh we went over with the band that was playing at the festival to go play on what they called uh, the the Steigerboat in uh, Amsterdam. And the Steigerboats uh right in the red light district uh, kind of area just behind central station a lot of drugs a lot of stuff and we did a uh, a mission strip there for a month and it was a training program there kind of a your uh ywam discipleship training program and so we went over there dts kind of styles and we started doing radical outreach to the street punks and the prostitutes and the drug druggies down there and i've got incredible s- crazy stories from those times yeah. my first job there at the church boat which is the nightclub boat was we were about to play but i was had i had to be the bouncer so anybody who brought a knife or anything into the boat i had to disarm them and a lot of guys didn't want to be disarmed and I was like well, this is mad dude but uh we had people trying to uh, mug us and stuff every night we'd have to leave central station to go to where we were staying and we, we experienced a lot of stuff but ultimately we experienced god's hand and security and we saw that that was something for us mm-hmm. at that time and it was a beautiful beautiful thing to be a part of mm-hmm. and that just grew from there yeah we came back and we uh we joined the big group as it were and we started a a um outreach in new zealand when we got back in the universities because mm-hmm. the university campuses were massive and we started a um a bible study there that uh, was evangelistic so we'd have cafe nights and bands would play and then would have speakers speak and would just stand up there and would have you know university types a lot of atheist conversation which i love i think if you know christ you should have no logic Mm. because i think god is uh, so many areas so logical there's there's a step of faith that we can't fathom Mm. absolutely but the way he's created the universe and the way that we are i think everything points to god really if you really look to it and so we had these great debates you know how universities can be Mm. some will stand up and yell and you 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 Mm. yell back to them and and it's good Mm. you know and it's really good so we saw a lot of great things there it was a big learning curve Mm. Um, and then from there uh, did that for a few years and then from there uh, David invited me to play in in his band which was No Longer Music and to to really join the ministry there Mm. so um, No Longer Music is um, what they call a punk opera and it's a punk band, hard rock, heavy metal band, that uh, presents the gospel in nightclubs and festivals, uh, secular festivals. And it starts from the creation and goes all the way to the resurrection. Amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, a very powerful, powerful tool to be used.
1: Tell me a bit about uh, your uh, start in radio. How did you get into radio after all that? After we did that, we were touring uh, many, many times. And
0: again, like a, if I take you back to the point where I said, "Oh God, I'm going to give up the drums," and I left that band. God really gave it back to me because by the by the end of it, we'd been around the world four times, yeah. playing nightclubs all over the places, massive places. We played in Prince's nightclub um, in Minneapolis, and, wow. and, and opportunities I would never have had, wow. ever have had. But God gave it back in such an amazing way. Had I wasn't ready for it, I was going, "Wow!" That when I look back, it was great. Mm. We we got asked to um, plant. a a church we took some time off when we weren't touring in um, Singapore just my wife and I Mm -hmm. so when we weren't touring um, we spent a few years in Singapore planning a church and I started the the church was Church of Our Saviour and they wanted to fund us to help reach the youth and they said please help us do that and I said well who are the youth and they didn't know really so we just spent a month on the streets just talking to people and finding out what the need was and there was a lot of Muslims uh, who were there uh, and they're punks and they're in bands. There's lots of mini bands, but the problem for them there was nowhere to play, and so I said, um, "We thought, well, that's that's the way in." And so I we approached a one of the men. I think I knew at church. He was a Christian. Uh, he has a karaoke bar, and I said to him, "Can we use your karaoke bar uh, to?" you know, put these concerts on. And he goes, oh yeah, yeah. I said, I think we'll get a few people. And then, and there's like, you know, 20 people in this karaoke bar. Then the first night of the first gig, we had to turn away 150. There was just too many people. So what would happen is the bands would play there and, and we we'll just let them go for it. Go for it. Have a raucous time. It's a safe time. It's a great place. And we called the the nightclub "Core" core because they like hardcore music. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it wasn't just about the core of the music. It was about the core of the person. Mm-hmm. And and then so we'd do that. And then we would have um, Bible studies on the Wednesday. Yep. And we invite everybody to come. So if you're part of core, you're part of the Bible study. They yes. come to that. And mm-hmm. then we'd, we'd start a little magazine. They call it a Zine, and it's just for. Uh, the guys who come to the club yeah. and then we put articles in it and if you know i don't know if you know the hardcore scene there's lots of different areas of doing it and there's one called straight edge straight edge are, are people who are genuine punks they're not christians or anything but they don't have sex they don't drink they don't do drugs and, and they they keep a clean life that's why they call them a straight edge yeah. and we'd put articles in there like jesus gives you reason to be straight edge wow. and 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 so you, you start speaking a language you start seeing people in that group, start to come to Christ and understand it. And all the Christians who were there really took a stand. It was a really amazing, amazing time and um, to see it now. So we we really did all that stuff. Around about sort of, around about 97, I came back from there. And my wife and I, we were quite exhausted because basically our married life, we were doing this stuff. And it was was an era for us that was beautiful. And and it was time for us to stop. And um, I started to work. In radio at uh, a radio Rima in New Zealand, in Auckland. Actually, it was Life FM, but it was the Rima under the Rima uh, blanket. And my mate was doing Mm talkback, and I was just, just answering the phones. And then it didn't take me long. I was on there with him. Mm. And then it didn't take them long to say, Hey, let's do, why don't you do breakfast? So I did the breakfast show and I started in Rima. Oh. And there I am in radio.
1: That's my first paid <laughs> gig in radio. Let's run through all of your stations because I've had a little bit of a snapshot of where you've been. So, okay. uh, so you're at Rima, New Zealand with life. Yes. Um, let's run through your list of stations you've been at. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, life FM was my first
0: radio gig yeah. or paid radio gig. Mm-hmm. Uh, from life FM, I, went to Rima geelong Mm -hmm. was there for a while a couple of years did breakfast there from Rima geelong uh i went for a one month division yeah Mm -hmm. filled in for breakfast and from there i actually got a uh, commercial gig with one of my mates who used to work at Mm 96.5 and we started a a group called the benchwarmers and to be i thought to be good at radio and he did as well we've got to learn from you know the commercial sector we we, we love radio we were okay at it but we wanted to learn the nuts and bolts of it so we started with CFM mm-hmm. and at the, at that time I think it was RG Capital Network mm-hmm. and um we did nights there and then they offered us a network drive show around about 80 stations right around Australia. So I couldn't tell you, I was on hot FM and gold FMs and all the FMs. I don't know, you know, all around. We're in Perth, we're in other cities. And it was a great, great experience for years and years and years to learn how to network a show. And it went crazy. At one stage, we had 4 million listeners every day. Wow. And so you'd do a news story, and nine out of 10 times, the people in the news story would be. One of your listeners and I'd yeah. ring up and it was amazing, sure. and the, we saw the power of radio. Yeah. Now the secular side of radio is pretty crazy. I can tell you that. And we saw a lot of craziness, and there was some times then where we, you know we'd had to really pull together and go, "Mate, this is you know we got to really." It's hard to stand strong, but you did. And and well, not every time. I'm sure God would have debate with that. We'd have to okay, we've got to <laughs> sort it out. But it was a real growth period. Yeah, yeah. But I could see because I love communicating and I love the Lord and I love talking. And I think radio boom. It's it's one of those heads. Look we went from there to nova they changed um to a different company went to brisbane we did drive in there for 2 years went back to um rg capital which by that time had become osterio um macquarie um and then worked with them worked f- on a different stream again with, with was networked moved down to melbourne uh, at that time uh, my co-host dan really wanted to go there I wasn't that into it but we got there uh and then from there um An incredible thing happened. I had my son, my wife and I. I mean, we've been married now twenty six years, but together thirty odd. And uh, you know, we were late in the tooth to get a child. And um, once he came along, I was blown away. I call myself a born again father because it was (laughs) like, you know, you know, when your kids are born life comes into the room Mm. and that that's tangible and i was blown away that god had mercy on us for that and i just felt i don't want to raise my son in this crazy secular world and to be honest i i got into commercial radio to learn about it i think we'd learned a lot and all we really could do there and i thought I, i want to go back into this sector and tell communicate the life of christ but do it well on radio and and so i i remember ringing my friend burns who was at the time working at a place called light fm mm-hmm. in melbourne and said want to come back into the fold Mm -hmm. really need to come back in the fold I've got a son now I I want it to be good for him and and family I need to start focusing on that and we started there I did breakfast there did that for about two and a half years and really felt God call me up to 96.5 and
1: here we are did drive there for years and now we're doing breakfast well I've been listening to you on 96.5 my hometown for a number of years and uh, we've connected a couple of times but I've really enjoyed to get to know you and the team uh, while we've been here and uh, mate i had just blown away by the, uh, your testimony, your story, and you know what, the number of amazing people that have come out of New Zealand, uh-huh. doing stuff for God, it's incredible. You look at the Australian Church and the worldwide Church. You know, for you know, New Zealand really is punching it above its weight, bringing guys like you out. You know, changing the world. So, uh, Ken, I reckon you're a history maker, mate. Thanks for joining us. All right back at you, Matt. Thank you, buddy. bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au Station Sponsor
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au